Welcome to tonight's episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit. I am your host, number one, and Cholo will be joined by our panel. Tonight we're going to talk about do we lose a sense of self when we join others? Do we lose a sense of self when we join others? I don't think that one necessarily loses a sense of self. I think that one is more focused on the togetherness. One is more focused on the mission or the movement. I believe that before you can join others, you must already know who you are as a person, who you are as an individual. Because if you don't know who you are as an individual, how do you know what you're bringing to the unit? When I say unit, I mean togetherness. I believe that you should set your individual motives aside for the betterment of the unit or movement that you're joining. Let's see if anybody agree. Good evening. Good evening. Okay. So, do we lose a sense of self when we join others? Speaking from a relationship perspective, um, I'm inclined to say no, you don't lose your sense of self. Um, I don't think. I think that when you join together to be married, right, and and like you said, considering uh, one, one fact that you already know who you are, Joining someone in marriage only enhances that. You don't fade away, um, but you're enhanced to the point where you get to know and, uh, I guess, utilize other elements of yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Thinking along the lines of, you know, you join forces or join in, in, in union with someone else that they bring out the best of you. Um, so that best, let's say, you know, you you were a good cook, right? Um, but But part of bringing out that best in you is when you have um, someone that has I'd say a they they have not a different appetite, but they have um, certain foods that they yeah. really a enjoy and certain foods that they don't like. Um, you know, so where you were a good cook, you become a better cook because you're challenged in an area where you wouldn't normally be challenged in. So you begin to you know try and think outside the box to to make better dinners and improve. Um, upon that, you know what I mean. So, mm-hmm. uh, joining with someone, I would think, enhances you, makes you more. I don't want to say well-rounded, but you know, it, it fills you out a little more. I agree. I see where you're going. It, it, it like you said, it fills you out. It um, covers a little bit more of the areas that you already have. Because it's not about you like, but it's 
also what you like, what they like, what they eat and don't eat, mm-hmm. and still trying to please everyone. So it does make it brings out a more creative side because me, <laughs> when all I eat is chicken, you know, chicken may get tiresome to some people because it's just chicken, but you have to be creative with that chicken, you know. Um, so I, I do understand, and I and I agree, um, especially in a in a relationship, in a marriage. But let's take it outside of the house. Let's take it when you when you're talking about a, a movement or a team. Let's say um, political. Let's 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 go that direction. If you okay, so. Go ahead. I, go ahead. I was going to ask a question. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to ask you to. Well, let's let's finish your question before we go to the to, to the next topic. Well, next as you said, let's take it outside of outside of the house. The first thing that came to my mind, um, sort of along the lines of of politics, but um, immediately what jumps out at me is is like the area that we reside in, right? Mm-hmm. Um. It's we we don't live in a predominantly in in, in a subdivision or in a neighborhood or in an area where there's um, a lot of black folks. Just being honest, so um, and we've had this conversation with our son, but I, I find that our surroundings have not impacted us or made us lose a sense of self, I think, honestly, for us, it's kind of been the opposite. But for our children, who you said key words, don't really know, like, who they are, and they're they're in that um, learning stage, mm-hmm. I think that it's had sort of um, an effect on them because it's harder to teach them, for me, in my experience, it's, it's just—it seems like it looks like it's harder for us to teach our children um, the core of like some of our cultural beliefs, right? Um, they uh, does does that make sense? It does. Now, we say our um, our cultural beliefs. What can you clarify that for me? Um so well uh, maybe not even cultural beliefs, but just different things in, in how we grew up. Okay. So um from I mean think about it, the, the types of food that we grew up eating was was way different uh from the type of food that, you know, other people may have grown up eating one. But then um music um, history, um, knowing um, the just how we are being brought up. You know, there are certain things that are um, intolerable. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, for instance, you know, like we we go to the park. Our our children running around with with their shoes off at a park is is an absolutely not 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, we, we out and about or what have you, them just getting rowdy and and out of control and not listening is absolutely not tolerated. Um, what? So, so I think that it's tough or it's, it poses a challenge where you're in an area where um, actions like that, like are witness, and that's, that's their norm, and our children are around that. They, they think that it's okay to be that way, and it's not. Okay. Um, go ahead. I don't. I personally, we have a caller, but I personally think that regardless of what area you're raising your child in, the the fundamentals are are there. If you're not teaching, you know, your boys how to become men. It doesn't matter if you're in the suburbs or an impoverished area, or excuse me, an affluent or an impoverished area. I think that it doesn't matter what you what they see outside as long as the core of what you're implanting in them they're solid in that you, you follow I me? think it's there I agree with you I think it's there but it my what I'm saying is it creates a challenge because at that point um it you you don't have a lot of people around who, first of all, who look like you and act like you. Um, so then it, it it brings another element to where you have to teach them also that the reason that that type of behavior is not acceptable. Um, okay. But more than that, like if we're in an area where there's a whole lot of us, like, uh, or, or a whole lot of, of, of people or, you know, more people who are raising their children like you. Um, and it could be of a different culture, whatever, or a different uh, background. Um, when you're in an area where more people are like you, then, then you see and, and it makes you feel like, okay, this is, this is my norm. This is the norm. But when you're in an area where that is opposite, you, the opposite looks like appears to be normal. You see what I mean? And so my my thing is is that it it creates it doesn't make us lose a sense of self, but it's it's harder to help find that sense of self because you're like the store thumb. Okay, so is it that they don't look like you or they're not acting like you? Because I've learned in my two days of travel, and then we'll bring our guests on. Um, I'm sorry, next caller. Um, just because you don't you don't look like me doesn't mean that you're you don't you don't have some similar underlying qualities and values that you're teaching your kids. I know people that look like me, but I still wouldn't allow them to babysit my kids because we're not aligned, right? With our core, mm-hmm. you know, you know what I mean. So that part, yeah. Um, Really don't. Let's take this time to introduce our next caller. Good evening, sir. Five zero seven one. Hello. 
Hello, this is Judge Joe Brown. I got asked to call in. I'm on the line. How you doing? Oh, well, thank you, sir. How you doing? I'll manage. Well, it's uh, good I to hear. I think if we're talking about manhood and early childhood development with uh, our children, it's a question yes, of sir. man up. Man up is a hard you- thing, and we have somewhat gotten away from it because we've lost the man in the family. We've lost the masculine drive. We ideate thinking of negativity. There has been 50 years of glorification of dysfunction. It has become the norm. Mm. Uh, It is not healthy. Men need to be men, and we've got too many people that go around trying to justify acting like something other than a man. That's their business. They want to do what they want to do in their bedrooms, but when you start coming out of it, and politicizing dysfunction, get in somebody's living room, disturb what's going on in there, and compromise their children and grandchildren, and that's something else entirely. It is. Mm-hmm. So we bought into that. We've been sold into that. And we are stuck on stupid as long as we want to deal with that. Time to Absolutely. get back to basics. There's a thing called manhood. We need to man the hell up so we can get on the business of getting free. And by the way, you don't get free if somebody gives you something. If you didn't seize it yourself, you didn't get it. And something somebody gives you, they can take back. Absolutely. We need to keep that in mind. Absolutely. Now, Judge Welcome, and thank you for calling. Is All right, sir. Us, as, as a culture, you, you're not necessarily speaking of specifics of race or, or I'm talking ethnicity. about the ethnicity of being black in America. I'm not talking about this mm-hmm. mulatto Kenyan bush bunny we had in for the president before this one. He doesn't count. He okay. was a disaster for us, in my opinion. But we have to deal with, uh, so far, everybody comes over to America to take advantage of the situation over here. And we are trying to leave it to go someplace else and do some kind of mythological subsistence farming on a Stone Age level, which is not going to work in the 21st century. So we need to start Mm -hmm. asking some questions to ourselves, some hard questions about why is it that we can't seem to make it over here? We can blame right Mm -hmm. supremacy, but we'll never get anywhere as long as that is our paradigm. We've got to stop blaming something, look at it as adversity, and remember that our ancestors had to deal with crocodiles, hippos, rhinos, rogue elephants, tiger, well, lions, uh, leopards, hyenas, uh, jackals, and all sorts of things that would kill you. So we didn't mm-hmm. let that hold us back. We prevailed over adversity. So you just got some white folk, they're not going to eat you for dinner, lunch, or midnight snack. So what is the problem? Quit whining about it and take care of it. It's an opportunity to be a hero. You don't live too damn long anyway, and let me tell you about that. So uh, most of the ways you'll die if you live a long time are miserable indeed. I can tell you about it. So you might do better <laughs> off and suffer less discomfort if you die a hero. 
And for old folk who are sitting around wasting their time praying, get up off your behind, do something, because it's not too late. You can keep yourself from going to hell for being a slave. Slaves go to hell. Free men go someplace else. Now, that's Mm. just the way I look at it, and I'm sorry if that offends somebody. I really don't give a damn because I'm sick to death (laughs) of this kind of compromised situation we have allowed ourselves to become privy to. Stuff going on in the streets, but it is not revolution. It's some little vanilla ratchet cupcakes who are dealing with a save the animals moment. Oh, poor Oscar. He's chained out in the kennel during the winter, and he'll never low love if you don't send in nineteen ninety five a month to ASPCA. That's the uh, Society to Prevent Cruelty to Animals. If you don't do something, he'll not know love. And then we have that, too, called BLM. Forget that. Deal with... Um, Black folk matter, you can also take that into black families matter, black fathers matter, black females matter, black finance matters, black fealty matters, black fraternity matters, all kinds of things. But quit getting black finance for matters. God's sake. It ain't nothing cool about it. Mm. Now, with that said, uh, excuse me if I stepped on somebody's feet. If I stepped on them, maybe I need to stomp on them. There you go, Judge. Step a little harder. Step a little harder. And I really appreciate it. It's punk asses somewhere else and leave the floor to the men because it's time for us to do our thing again and man up. And all these little punks running around playing hood rat, they aren't men. There's no difference between a hood rat and a lesbian raised down in the hood except one's got a penis and the other one doesn't. They both get raised the same way as girls. They both like girl nookie, but one's got boy plumbing, one's got girl plumbing, and if a fairy godmother waved a magic wand and the lesbian woke up tomorrow with a penis, there'd be no difference between her and your typical hood rat. We need to man the hell up. Man up. Now, excuse me again. I think you're passionate about this manhood thing. And I think more of us need to, Judge, truthfully. I think, um, and and it's on, and it's on both sides. It's, it's us as a people, we, we need to, because the men need to know who they are and embrace it and man up, and the women need to know who the men are and support them, embrace them, and allow them to man up for lack of... Well, a man, you don't allow a man to do it. A man is a man, and nobody can take that from him. But what they need to do is get the hell out of the way of the boy becoming a man that they have at home with them. All right? My niece is over here. She's also my housekeeper, so she was fussing at me about she's getting ready to leave. But that's what it is, so... We, it, it's like being a man is hard. We were designed, we evolved to deal with hunting stuff that weighs three, four, five, six, eight, nine, fifteen, sixteen thousand pounds. We weren't right. bred. We weren't bred to be soft. That's true. And when you treat a boy like he's some kind of little girl, the way you raise him. 
he grows up, he ain't worth a damn because he doesn't know how to be a man, and being a man is a hard thing. On the other hand, you can just turn him loose to be a wild weed, and he won't be anything except dangerous. If he doesn't have masculinity and manhood in his soul, he's he's a dangerous creature. He's out of control. So we have some things we have to do. Men have to take control of the neighborhoods again, bestow mm-hmm. some order upon the neighborhoods, some purpose, some direction, some morality, and some ethics. And it's not too late, but we have a lot of work to do because they have really been working hard on messing our heads up. I I agree with that 100%. And and we fight it every day, especially with our music and our media outlets or what have you. You know, they teaching they teaching our boys that they're either going to be gay or gangsters and gay gangsters. So yeah, we do we do have our work cut out, but it is not too late. It's not too late, but we got to start it before there are too many folk who know what it used to be and what it's supposed to be who are dead. And if everybody who knows dies off, then the lie becomes the truth. And nobody's there to set it around again, turn it around again. It's a dangerous time. But okay, so, Judge, so how 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 do you propose that we, as a as a culture, start reversing this process? Well, let me put it this way: give you a clue. General Ulysses Grant, commanding general of the Union Army after the Civil War, noted that he had a survey done to determine literacy in the Union Army. He says initially he was quite surprised to find out that the only completely literate units in the whole Union Army were black volunteers. Then he said he thought about it, and it came to him. He said, this isn't surprising. You never see a black man in the Army who does not have a book to read, and something to write with. So what happened between then and now when literacy was a precious thing, when learning was paramount, and when black people did what they had to do to get the knowledge inside their heads that they needed to prosper? As I said, in the mid-60s, late-60s, if you wanted to be what was going on, you went to college. Mm-hmm. Now, it ain't on nobody's agenda. Yo, man, I got me some bees and hoes, man. They take good care of me, man. Two of them got a J-O-B. One get a crazy check, man. The other one get A-F-D-C. They take good care of me. Now, what is that but poison? Men mm. don't even think that way. That's true. We have to make it known because if you tell a lie long enough and loud enough, you can get anybody to believe it. So the enemy of the lie, the absolute enemy of the lie is the truth. And the way you face it is that if the lie told long enough can be uh, accepted as the truth, the truth certainly can become accepted as the truth because it already is. So we need to start putting our attention into getting the truth spread out there. We need to make it popular to be a man. I mean, all this stuff they're putting out about uh, tolerance and all of this and 
uh, cities that are majority black cities are predominantly black paint rainbow crosswalks, and they never have put anything red, black, and green out there. That's not mm. significant. It's only a token, but it just shows the mindset. When you got a, a colored-looking, black-looking, Negro-looking bush bunny and uh, president of the United States, and the only people got anything out of him were LGBT, and he had a nickname in college of Bathhouse Barry. You know, where are we going? <laughs> what are we going to look to? you got this jackass, Biden, who is running for president, and all the colored are running around. I'm like, ooh, Trump's a racist. Let me tell you something. I did an intern thing when Biden was running for the U.S. Senate, and that required me to be in Delaware. That racist bastard had Strom Thurmond, George Wallace, Faubus, Byrd, and every low-down dog he could think of coming out to campaign for him when he was running for U.S. Senate. He was talking about uh, how Negroes were nothing but animals and segregation ought to be imposed again and how he was so proud that Delaware owned slaves. He was not proud of the fact that it did not go with the Confederacy where it should have gone out of respect for its own dignity. He knew how the Negro thought. I know how Negroes think. They know I know what's best for them. And then the bastard Mm. had the nerve to say it recently. And then the other thing is I can remember that son of a bitch running around in 1979. One rock, one rock. Senator Strom Thurmond and I have collaborated on changing the federal sentencing laws. So one rock gets a mandatory five-year sentence day for day. And the new sentencing guidelines give the judges no discretion. They have to give five years for one rock. Mm. 1979, it wasn't 1994, it was 1979 when he and that damn racist dog, Faubus, were doing what they did. And we forgot that. The Democratic Mm. Party was founded in the early 19th century on the principle that it was dedicated to spreading slavery into the new territories. The Republican Mm. Party, and I'm not pushing them either, was founded in 1851, dedicated to the proposition that it was for abolition, or in other words, ending slavery. But of course, the ignorant black folk forgot that, and they just loved their former slave master's party. And what was the preeminent method of enforcing slavery? You had this. They were told never to deal with a black man. Always make the black women the leaders in your slave passive. Mm. Never deal with a black man. And here you have the Democratic Party, who has been historically the party of the slave owners, what are they doing now? They're trying to divide black men off of black women, and they're trying their damnedest to put black women in charge. And I'm sorry if somebody doesn't like that, but the historical reality all over the world is the status of a man, of a people, is determined by the status of its men, mm-hmm. not its women. Mm-hmm. That's reality. 
may not like it, but I don't care. That's the way the world works. So no, we are pushing truth, for a party that hates us historically, that has been the party of the Klan, of the White Citizens Council of Segregation. And by the way, segregation is not the same as integration. Segregation was nigger, but not even look cross-eyed over that there water fountain for white folk only. We'll take care of you, boy, but not even look. Negro, don't you dare even think about going in that white-only restroom. See, when somebody's telling you you can't do something, that's different from you being able to make the choice. And a lot of people run around ignorantly talking about the best, worst thing happened was desegregation. It wasn't desegregation. It was the fact that a lot of us left the ignorant ones behind. See, Nickerson Gardens, a friend of mine and I were there. 1967, we were recruiting for college. College was free. And I mentioned that before. And what did we get some of these ignorant young females who had six, seven babies and they weren't even 20, 25? Look, my social workers say I got to uh, come in here and talk to y'all. Y'all got to sign my papers if I continue to get my check. I ain't working for nobody. I ain't going for no damn school. I'm going to flat back, gap, get my twat poke, get knocked up and get me another baby and get me a bigger check. Mm-hmm. We left them behind, and they bred. Mm-hmm. I had a woman in my courtroom, 57 years old, 1994, drug and felony charges, drug and uh, theft felony charges. I had a 43-year-old daughter in there. I had the 43-year-old daughter's 34-year-old daughter that she had when she wasn't but mm-hmm. one week shy of her 10th birthday. The 43-year-old had a 21-year-old with an 11-year-old mm. daughter who was pregnant with her second child. Jesus. Wound up getting them 16 months later. The 21-year-old was 23, and her daughter was 13 with three children. 57-year-old was 59, and one week I had her come in, and she had 342 lineal descendants. Two weeks later, she had 358. Four years later, in 2000, when I retired, she had more than 3,400 lineal descendants. Wow. And none of them except two had ever finished high school and worked. And that was because there were two who'd been essentially kidnapped by their fathers when their mothers were in the penitentiary, taken to Chicago and put in what was then an excellent school system in Chicago. Now, see, that's where it's been going on. By the way, that one woman, last I got any information on her in 2006, had, guess what, a net total of almost 160,000 lineal descendants who were related to her. Wow. Mm. And that was a mass of dysfunction, and that's all in the Memphis and West Tennessee area. And nobody pays attention to the significance of that. In other words, what used to be a very small percentage of the black population is now a large percentage. And instead of functionality, we have the glorification of dysfunction. 
boys going around having a lot of children because they're doubtful about their masculinity and they misassume that they can demonstrate masculinity by having a lot of offspring when the true definition of a man is not how many children he has, but how well he takes care of the ones he does have. Mm-hmm. We forget that because we have started to glorify dysfunction and we have mm. to stop it. Let's take something. I know Hollywood always tries to raise money by getting black people to attend certain movies that they have formulas to produce because they know we'll respond to them. Uh, let's take Black Panther. Everybody likes Black Panther, right? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Does anybody recall the last battle scene, the big battle? When it was on the water. No, who was on the who was fighting in the big battle where they were at real war? Who was fighting? It was women, the women, women of women the tribe women. fighting the men of the tribe. They had yes. lethal weapons on each other. Who was flying the virtual fighter plane? Wasn't anybody black man from Wakanda? They had to get no, a white CIA guy because they didn't have anybody black. You see any black men doing anything in the government other than that Ubangi looking fool with that lip plate and that uh lime green and orange sherbet uh slack and um sport coat set. Right. And his mama ran the government, his aunt was the prime minister. He had two women for bodyguards, but they were actually his handlers because they told him what to do, chastised him. He walked in places trying to be slick, looked like a pimp with two holes on his arm, and they controlled it. Meanwhile, Killmonger grew up in a West Coast project. His daddy was trying to be the father stand-in for all of these fatherless boys, teaching them what they needed to know. And this charlatan, the previous uh, king, came down and killed his own brother because he said he was a danger trying to radicalize uh, Wakandia while we whoopee. Killmonger goes to MIT, graduates with a Ph.D. at 19 years old because he's brilliant. He's a rocket scientist, literally. He joins the Navy, becomes a SEAL, gets so good at killing that they call him Killmonger, and he's trying to start a revolution by using the technology of Wakanda to control Africa and then the world, and that's supposed to be bad. Well, when Stan Lee came up with the comic book back 50-some years ago, what happened was that he was modeling the Black Panther on the Black Panther Party. And what the Black Panther said was what they had Killmonger saying in the movie. See, Killmonger in the comic book was a drug dealer in New York who was kidnapping girls from Africa to be stuck in a slave trade. That's why he came over. He wasn't playing some clown in tights trying to be a vigilante. And then, by the way, let's go back and look at the other insulting imagery. When the women of the tribe decided to play treason and go outside the tribe so they could overthrow the then rightful king who was Killmonger, where did they find them? Up in the mountains with perpetual snow on the ground living in caves. Like, yeah, mm. these brothers are cavemen. 
uh, cavemen, an insult to black men. And then remember when the fool became the king, they gave him a drug so he could overcome the challenge. And then when he was fighting Killmonger, they gave him a drug to make him super strength, and Killmonger still kicked his ass. So they committed treason. And then the brother was trying to get them together. So they have in the young people's minds associating uh, righteousness with a villain. Now, let's get to the actor. He just died of colon cancer, they say. Right? They mm-hmm. say. Okay, you do realize he played Thurgood Marshall, and he looks nothing, nothing like him. He played James Brown, the entertainer, and he looked nothing like him. He played Jackie, Jackie Robinson. Robinson, and he looked nothing like him. Mm-hmm. Killmonger, the super—I mean, uh, Black Panther, the superhero, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody see Gods of Egypt? It's still playing. It's uh, Halloween mm-hmm. month, so they're playing it. It's a supernatural sci-fi thing. It's fairly recent. Pretty good treatment of how the Egyptian pantheon works. Did you see the God of Wisdom, that flamer, running around in those dresses? Oh, Same wow. guy playing all the parts. See, Hollywood, I heard him discuss this nonsense way back when. What their idea was is to get the youth to associate fluid gender expressions. So they had the same guy being a flaming freak, being a superhero, being a Supreme Court justice, being a baseball player, being a hip entertainer. So they would think all of this fluidity, it was all, and we bought that garbage up. Wow. And you wow. know why they needed the money? Why is it? Anybody remember, so you want to be a millionaire? I remember the mm-hmm. show. Okay, the people that were involved and you want to be a millionaire sued ABC and Disney. About $7 million. They kept winning. ABC Disney kept jacking them around and peeling it. They went up to California Supreme Court. ABC and Disney filed something in federal court. They were trying to get the guys to just get overpriced and get bought off. Well, it went to the Ninth Circuit. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeal said, get ready for it. It said uh, the defendants in this cause, do not seem to understand the fundamental rule of American contract law, and that is that all parties uh, shall behave uh, in a reasonable fashion. And so we're going to fix it so they understand. You know what they awarded the plaintiffs? $680 million. Oh. So it could not be bankrupted They don't understand good faith Maybe they will now That was in 2011 ABC Disney appealed it to the U.S. Supreme Court The Supreme Court said let it stand And by then with the interest having kicked in The judgment was worth $1.2 billion Well ABC Mm. and Disney have not been able to pay off any of the principal Because they're paying off the interest and the income from most of the rides at Disney World and Disneyland goes to the plaintiffs. 
And any time they want, they can levy and execute on any ABC property anywhere in the country. So they needed cash to pay off the interest that had not been paid. So what they did is they put out a movie using formula that I've heard them discuss and I've yelled at them about that will appeal to black people. And they got in enough money from the highest grossing superhero movie ever so they could pay down the unpaid interest on the judgment. See what we did? And we don't even know it. Save NBC and Disney. Save ABC and Disney. They would be bankrupt now, except they can't go bankrupt because the judgment is basically punitive. See what we do? We don't know it. By the way, you hear all these stars and celebrities talk about they have to do what they have to do and giving up all kinds of excuses to keep their position. Well, they can get a job like everybody else and work in the real world. I didn't get in that Hollywood crap till I was in my 50s. And it wasn't from shuck dancing and shaking my butt somewhere. Now, let me tell you something. Oprah's a star, right? Dr. Phil's a star. Oh, Ellen DeGenerate is a star. You've got Judge Judy's a star. Hollywood could not have it known that a straight black man was the number one TV show in America. I was whipping Oprah every single week for the last three years. I was beating Phil every single week for the last three years. I was beating Judy half the time, but ABC, not ABC, CBS kept changing their ratings to keep her ahead. You talk about making money, let's talk about money. The fact of the matter is, is out of all the men in Hollywood, with the exception of then Leslie Moonbase, who was CEO of CBS, you're talking to the one that made more money out of Hollywood than any other man, white or black. I got paid more than anybody. So you don't have to be a half-stepping, handkerchief-head house Negro to make it. Mm. But they didn't want anybody to know that because that would have been a bad image. Now, I don't have all that now because I went through a four-year-long California divorce, and the ex got a whole lot of it. And thankfully, I just found out she just got married again, so I don't have to pay any spousal support anymore. But, you know, it is what it is. Congratulations, Judge. You know, hey. (laughs) Damn. By the way, you know why her stars get married so often out in Hollywood? It ain't safe to date. They got too many freaks and gold diggers out there. Crazies, and you don't want to get cosmic. What they did to Cosby, they tried to do to me a month after the show started. They had a party at the Beverly Hilton, uh, if I recall correctly. It's been 22 years. And it was right where uh, Wilshire crossed Santa Monica. So I'm in my early 50s. I'm a single man. I'm going down, man. I'm dancing with all these fine women. Shoot, I was, man, I was. In my element, man. And uh, I was talking to this one sister, and we sat down, and we were having good conversation. She excused herself to go to the ladies' room. She came back, and she said, 
you know that dude over there, that tall guy in that gray suit? I said, yeah, I know it. He said he came up offering me 1000 cash if I'd signed something he wrote up claiming that you were trying to molest me. Oh, damn. So we went around and found all the women that I danced with, and all most of them said he had tried to approach them. So we got a, a written little handwritten note from each one to that effect. So what wound up happening is I hired this beautiful sister, a former Miss Washington, D.C., uh, to be my PR person, and we cooked up a scheme, so we invented a woman, a fictional woman. Well, we filed sworn affidavits, had them sealed, and took them over to Human Resources and had them secure them. And each time we came up with part of the scheme and advanced it, we filed more affidavits. Lo and behold, when we set the trap, these low-down son-of-a-bitches came up with a letter from this fictional woman claiming I'd molested her. Wow. So we busted <laughs> I started laughing, and six weeks later, none of them were there, including the then CEO, Gary McCluggage, at all of CBS. Oh, excuse me, Paramount then. We were under that. So I laughed, and I was there for 14 more years. See, that's how they wrote. (laughs) But see, Cosby didn't have the background that I had doing what I did, so... I can see it coming. And wow. I took steps. But you see, there's some low-down scoundrels. They have no principle, no scruples. They sit around drinking wine and sipping, sipping wine and nibbling on cheese and crackers, bragging about how they have ragged each other out. I'm looking at them like, damn, man, where I come from, that resulted in some broken kneecaps. What the hell is wrong with these folks? Mm. Telling this story, I'll switch to another one next week, you know, but it's some things that need to be known about this. They have an agenda, and they are stuck on this agenda, and this agenda is not good for us because... Its essence is to destroy manhood. Yes. Its essence is to destroy manhood. Now, just let that sink in. They congratulate each other on sneaking in something soft. They congratulate each other on sneaking in something subtle that will push their LGBTQ agenda without people realizing it. Like I said, it's LGBTQ type people's business to do what they do in the bedroom. But the rest of us don't have to contemplate uh, taking a dive on protesting or pushing back against stuff that messes with the family, manhood, womanhood, and children. See, that's political. It's mm-hmm. trying to destroy the First Amendment. So you can say whatever you want to say so long as it doesn't make the wrong people uncomfortable. Absolutely. You can't now, I'll stop with that. Hmm. 
But, you know, oh, man. Wow. That's the way it goes these days. So no, we, we have just got to stop allowing it. We got to stop. We, we, like you said, we got to man up and, and stand for something. See, and I heard them plot this poison years ago. They laid it out carefully. And they have been astute enough to do it. And I'm just so pissed off. I watched them do this 25 and 50 year plan, and they got a 100 year plan if we don't derail it. Meanwhile, what happened to us? Our organizations got infiltrated with snitches, informants, uh, provocateurs, and uh, warrant officers. So there were more of them in there than us. Now, Mm -hmm. the other thing I have to tell folks is there were leadership struggles. Leadership is not given. Leadership is not asked for. Leadership is seized. And when somebody is going to seize leadership, there will be a contest, a contest in plural. That happens all over the world when somebody's talking about acquiring power and control. If you want Mm -hmm. to see it, go to your zoo's primate house and take a look at the baboons and the chimps. They're giving you politics 101A right in front of it. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's what it is. That contest, I mean, just like the movie you use as a reference, it shows, you know, if there's going to be a turnover, you got to fight for it. It's a contest. Mm-hmm. No getting around it. You see, we always like to be safe. See, I was in. Campbell Hall when Bunchy Carter and John Huggins got junk gunned down by us organization people, four of them. They put four bullets in the back of my chair. I was in between floors. It gets costly. See, I've seen a whole lot of people die trying to become leadership for revolution slash evolution. It is not a nice and pretty thing. So when you're talking about leadership, that's the way it comes down to. And some people are talking about they need to have black land so we can have our own black country aside from the impracticalities of it. If you do that, somebody like me will take charge. And quite frankly, we or I will put a whole lot of people on the wall and shoot them. So (laughs) (laughs) you don't really want that. You don't want them all (laughs) together anyway because it's easier for you to kill the mass. Yeah, now, let me tell you something your generation has to work with. In about 20 years, there will no longer be a majority race in America. Everybody will be a minority. The largest minority is going to be Hispanic, and that's not really a racial minority. That's an ethnic one. If you have La Espanol, okay. I mean, in Los Angeles, man, I just will say, hey, man, home, where you from, man? Yes, man. Oh, no, hombre. No, I've lied. Spanish, muy bien. Can comprende mucho. Hey, hombre. Fato, man. Hey. Are you all right, man? See, and then you get the case of Puerto Rico. That's a great 
Puerto Rican comic. Her name is Aida Rodriguez, a beautiful sister. She looks like an America, you know, straight up and down mainland America sister, non-Hispanic. But she's got a bunch of siblings, and they all have the same mom and dad, and they range from blonde-haired, blue-eyed, all the way to got fresh off the boat. But they habla espanol more bien. So it is what it is. You go to Harlem. They used to have a popular song, There is a Rose in Spanish Harlem. And in World War I, they had the Harlem Brigade, the biggest in the U.S. Army segregated all the hell and fortunately Pershing let them fight with the French where they got treated like human beings but 18,000 folk from Harlem and it was half Puerto Rican and half black if you go to see that animation uh, Spider-Man where it's this young black kid uh, black kid Mama's a fine rascal for a cartoon character, and his daddy, you know, he's a cop. His uncle's the villain, but they look like black folk, but they have a Hispanic name. Costa Rica, man, you see that all the time. You know, but you also see them in uh, Jamaica where they talk like that, or you say, hey, hombre, man, you know, and they, they go that way too. I remember a fourth-grade teacher, Mrs. Rodriguez. She's blonde-haired, blue-eyed. She was bragging about being an Espanola from Spain, but she was talking about mulattoes, mestizos, and all other kinds of stuff, you know? So it's a thing, and we need to set up some alliances, and it's a dangerous situation that's developing. You go to a penitentiary and you had an Aryan nation, the American Nazis, the KKK, you know, the Aryan Brotherhood, and they ain't killing each other. But the Mexican gangs and the black gangs, they're killing each other. So you got to diffuse that. You can't have that. And some alliances have to be set up. And we talk about we can't work with no white folks. You know, like, yeah, I got it. Much better than most people have because I saw it when it was really, really bad. But, you know, no people on this earth has ever functioned in isolation. It's all about trade and commerce and interchange. So we need to keep that in mind, and let's get real. You don't have to like somebody. You just have to have common cause. A lot of the low-down rednecks we, we have common cause with because they're up in arms about this attack on manhood just like some of us are. You know, uh-huh. you got the Hispanics who would love to put in effectively a majority by having a coalition with us. That's how English Parliament works sometimes when there's no majority party. You put together a coalition between minority parties and you run everything. We need to do that. Mm-hmm. It is not well, me. Uh, I'll be dead by then, so it's on you guys. No, Judge, you ain't going to be dead. I'm still need somebody to call for some advice. Huh. Thank you. I'll try and hang on, and maybe I can get some longevity. I don't know. But, I appreciate you know, it. I'm in my mid-70s. It's going to be on you guys. 
Man, well, it's, it's, we need a revolution, and it's got to be the, I think it's going to be the Just Us movement, you know, to where it's about the the heterosexual man. Period. That it's, is it's becoming not... the thing. See, they've taken over. It, Churchill once said about RAF pilots in World War II and the Battle of Britain, never have so many owed so much to so few. There is a saying that I come up with about that. Never have so many suffered so much from the fantasies of so few. You know, it is all about sex. Why in the devil do you get a special category about the way you like to have sex? Well, they're compelled to do it that way. Well, so are monks, but they're supposed to be celibate. So why don't we have a special category for the ladies who like to do old reverse cowgirl or like to do it doggy style. You know, we need our rights. They're discriminating against those who like to do it doggy style. You know, missionary. No, missionary position. We got to prevail. You know, sounds ridiculous. And then, see, sex used to be the same as gender, but now they got, what, 58 kinds of gender? And you've got Malik Yoba, I call him Milk Yogurt. I interviewed him one, and he was trying to tell me he was not a homosexual. I said, but you said you like screwing people with dicks. I didn't say that. I said, what did you say? Well, I said chicks with dicks, you know, and tits too, but they're women. Wait a minute. They got a dick and ain't no woman. Well, he said, oh, man, you gay, man. You're just busting it out with somebody with a dick just because he put lipstick on. That don't make me escape that. (laughs) Wow. I said, milk yogurt. By the way, I interviewed some cops. They were saying that the Chicago Police Department had Juicy Jesse on a video cam in a costume shop the week of the Halloween thing, buying that noose. He had one of the Nigerians with him. And you do realize that there was what's called the Equality Act. Conyers uh, introduced it first time in 1997, didn't go anywhere, keeps it table like it ought to. So when Juicy Jesse, uh, he spells his name uh, Jesse as Juicy, if you take the French and literally pronounce it in English, his name was uh, Justin. So he adopted the uh, stage name of Jesse, but it's spelled Juicy. So Juicy Jesse supposedly got fake lynched, but shortly thereafter come Queen Harris and uh, uh, fake Negro and the house Negro Cory Booker reintroduced uh, Equality Act, but they titled it the Anti-Lynch Bill, and it passed the House without debate on a voice vote. Interestingly enough, when I read it, it said nothing about lynching. It doesn't even mention black people, but it does put most of the language that you need to protect pedophiles under federal law into the the proposed statutory change. So fortunately, the Senate mm-hmm. held it up. Anyway, well, that's not surprising. Being that is. Cory Booker, 
is also part of that other community that you're talking about. Yeah, he is. He he, he likes to drop his boxes, and, you know, every now and then have a little recreational, you know, enema or something like that. And let me tell you something about Camilla Harris. That woman is not black. Thank you. If you look it up in an anthropo- uh anthrop if you look it up in an anthropology text, she is an Indo Aryan. That's what Hitler Which was is talking about. But he Yeah, Caucasian. But Hitler lied and claimed they were blonde haired and blue eyed, but they're not, because that's just myth. They also founded the German nation for real, but they look like Camilla Harris. Now, on her birth certificate that's out there, it shows her mother's race is Caucasian. says her father's race Jamaican. So everybody says, from Jamaica is black. No, I've been to Jamaica a whole bunch, man. I'm Jamaican, man. And then what you deal with is you've got the carryover from it being part of the British Empire slash Commonwealth. So you got people from Hong Kong, Singapore, Kenya, Nigeria, South Africa, India and Pakistan that are all part of the Jamaican culture and they're born there and her father didn't get quoted he wrote the articles in the Jamaican periodical he says he is Tamil Hindu Brahmin mixed with Irish and her mother is Tamil Hindu Brahmin she ain't got no black in her Mm. and he calls his own daughter a liar and a fraud And by the way, there are a whole lot of, there's several books written by Indians who admit they masqueraded as black so they could get black scholarships to go to college. So everybody want to be black when it's a benefit. Oh, yeah. Everybody want to be black when when it's time to put in work. Yeah. I mean, and she ought to be poster child for hashtag me too. Well, I guess she would be if she hadn't gotten away with it. I mean, the L.A. Times used to run articles 35 years ago about her sleaze. Uh, they kept getting on the fact she was dating Willie Brown. There was one incident where she was sitting at the same table with his wife, and she got a job that he secured for through a medical uh, supply place that was affiliated with San Francisco. And get this, 35 years ago, she was getting paid $72,000 a year for a 15-hour-a-week part-time job. The times went off on them because by then she was in law school and she was getting 120000 a year for 20 hours a week, but she wasn't showing up. So they mm. did a little scandal, like she couldn't get on with the DA's office, they alleged, until she started screwing one of the uh, deputy directors of the DA's office, and then there was some big law firm she was with before that they wouldn't hire until she started dating one of their NBA uh, big-time clients. So, I mean, and she made a living off of doing in black folk. My l- last ex-wife was from San Francisco, and I know there was a liquor store my late father-in-law used to like to go to, and Camilla Harris wanted to close the liquor store down because it had been robbed too many times. Not go after the robbers. Then there's this thing with One West Bank. Soros was the chief investor in the bank. 
Munchen, who's with the uh, Trump administration, but he was CEO of the bank. Well, the bank and Munchen were subject to 5,200-some counts of an indictment returned, several indictments returned in San Diego County, L.A. County, Orange County, San Joaquin Valley, Sacramento, etc. I had three neighbors who were getting jacked up and about to lose their property on some fraudulent foreclosure stuff on mortgages that one West bank bought. Well, under Mm. California law, the state attorney general can consolidate all these cases and she did and dismissed them. But that's in the face of 14 million that uh, Soros bundled through one of her assistants to her campaign for U S Senate. And also to $10,000 donation from Munchen and his wife when she ran for state attorney general and another similar donation from both of them when she ran for U.S. Senate. Now, instead of putting One West Bank out of business in 2016, Soros was able to sell it for $3.4 billion. Absolutely crooked. And then this interesting thing that Giuliani has come up with, they're trying to discredit it. Now, first off, Giuliani made his reputation by busting the mafia. Yeah. You know, that was his specialty. So what happened is like after he put John Gotti in a trick bag along with the feds, what came out was that Hunter Biden, with his junky ass, brought in a laptop to get repaired. Well, in spite of getting called back again and again, he didn't return to pick it up. So under the contract, the repairman had, it was his after so many days. So he heard all this stuff about Biden, so he went in, checked the hard drive, and they got Biden on there, Hunter Biden smoking crack, crack pipe, all mm-hmm. this stuff about him eluding the uh well, basically, the so-called rehab he was getting in return for not getting put in jail. And then guess what? A layout in terms of the text and the emails to his daddy, the vice president, about the scams and embezzlements they were running. Hell, with that, that's enough to convene a federal grand jury and indict Biden. Giuliani oh. did make his living busting uh, John Gotti-ish Rico mob type stuff. Mm. They're putting it out there, but mainstream media is not covering it. All of this stuff is poison. So the problem is, I I know people don't like Trump, but if you vote for the Democrats, you're not voting for a damn thing that's going to come your way. That suggests these people fronting off for LGBTQ. So if you put them in office, they can do what LGBTQ wants. And you can get Thank another you. round of long debates on who gets the piss in the girls' room besides the girls. Yeah. Trump set aside an order, executive order, that Obama entered about uh, bathroom usage. It wasn't just bathrooms. It included lockers and shower rooms for junior high and high school kids. So can you see some eighth-grade high junior high girls taking a shower naked, soaked down, and some boy in there with his dick hung out, and he's naked and soaked down. Or 12th grade, 11th grade, somebody's claiming to be gay so he can go, or tranny, or excuse me, a drag queen so he can go in there 
and soap down and look at all the naked girls and he's faking it. That used to be dress for sitcom stuff. They Thank they you. couldn't even have thought that up for a sitcom. No? Oh. Thank you. I've been thinking the same thing, Judge, and it's 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 too much. And personally I believe that it's we shouldn't try to legislate things under one umbrella of civil rights. That's your personal choice. That's not your right. Uh, it just it doesn't make sense. It, it it baffles me because I don't have a choice of the hue of my skin, but you have a choice of who you sleep with. I shouldn't have you know what I mean? Oh, frustration, sister, and I apologize. You know, it's frustrating because it is the fact of the matter. Now, I had a major initially of physics at UCLA, and then thanks to Ronald Reagan, when I was just sitting on cruise control because of courses I needed, I couldn't get them uh, soon enough to keep from getting drafted. So I went and declared political science a major and went on to law school. But, man... Some of this stuff they put out there is just absolutely crazy when you start looking at it scientifically. They just twist stuff around and make it. And like, where did they come up with this garbage? This isn't true. This is just not even real. But they want you to think it's real. I mean, man. But how is that? Ooh. If if you can't say certain things without it being um, defamation or inflammatory, how is it that they can say put things out there that that isn't true with it and still be protected under the First Amendment? Here's what they do: the First Amendment never was intended to deal with somebody's discomfiture or feelings. If you did it were bad enough, you could deal with defamation as a civil action. But the people that are in charge of the administration now have been putting it out so you can't say anything that makes people uncomfortable, certain people uncomfortable, but they can say anything they want to about you. That's not First Amendment. That's what the Nazis did. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There are parallels, by the way. I, I I know this this I'm smiling because now now you stumping on coming coming on down. I've been saying the Nazis is behind a lot of stuff, but a lot of people you know really don't dig that deep into things, especially well, from here. the 1920s to the 2020s. It's almost like the 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 system that they put in place is what we're experiencing right now in 2020. But let me you know what Nazi stands for? stands for the National Social Workers, Socialist Workers Party of Germany. National Socialist Workers Party of Germany. Socialist. It's Nazi. They had a high homosexual component in the Nazi party. The S.A. and Brown Church, that was part of the Night of the Long Knives to get rid of the gay folk that were getting a little too bold. That was 100 years ago. Now, 
you see the parallel where they took over the means of communication and started controlling what people could read and what people could hear on the radio and what they could see in the movies. So you started getting taught that this is what you're supposed to think and everybody thinks this but you, but don't be an oddball. You got to think like everybody else. It's a lie because everybody else is thinking like you, not the way they're telling you. But you tell a lie long enough, loud enough, and often enough, you can get anybody to believe. And that's what they did. And the damn thing has been said, it's a cliche that they used to have, you can vote totalitarianism in, but you got to do a lot of shooting to get it out. By the way, you know, Adolf Hitler got basically elected to his primary office by the largest democratic vote in the 20th century. The U.S. Mm. does not have a democracy. It's a republic. You can vote for your representatives to an extent, but they don't govern democratically. Mm. So you can vote it in, but it's awful hard to get it out. And this is part of their 25- and 50-year plan. They're at 50, and they're running right on course. So we need to keep that in mind. The Dictocrats, the Democrats, the KKK, the Nazis, all same boat. Yeah, I call them the Demogatics now since... What happened is black folk insinuating themselves into the Democratic Party about, oh, 60 years ago. And the Dixiecrats left about 50-some years ago. Now the gays are insinuating themselves into the Democratic Party. So instead of Dixiecrats, it's the Demogatic Party now. And it's time and for blacks last, to make an exodus. And last I, I, I checked, you know, the the Democratic Party only, I'm sorry, the the the, the, the LBGT six seven whatever they're called now, only benefited from the Democrat being in office for uh, same sex marriages and and all that type of stuff. They confused for civil rights kind of screwed up your sexual preferences become matters of civil rights not just in terms of your first amendment exercise but is fundamental rights like race color creed nationality you know uh religion sex and debilities that are physical i find that strange but you see it all becomes part of this conditioning process Mhm. I don't know. Now, one of the things I don't really follow politics, but I I, I notice every time I hear these new this, this candidate, this presidential candidate, he he everything is about the LBGT being the benefactors of whatever he's trying to pass. That's like the only thing or the only group he's trying to appeal to. You know, not bringing together us as a country, but to have the country accept their 
lifestyle choices or preferences or even their imagination, if you will, as far as what they identify with. Have you noticed anything well, different? No, I haven't. But you know what they're really doing? That's what all these drag queens uh, talking or reading to children is about, to condition the children so the next generation will think that's normal. It's not. And by the way, the so-called science to support it, it's a minority thing that a lot of real scientists call folk science because too many of the practitioners are trying to justify their own little proclivities. Mm-hmm. It is not cool. Not cool. Foolishness. It's 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 another it's another form of, of brainwashing, just actually in four dimensional versus, you know, being on television or you know what I mean? Like this isn't normal. And I think yeah, as a like, parent I should have a choice of whether or not my child is is in the presence of these folk who's reading to my children. Yeah. Look at this. Marvel Comics that they bought the rights from Stan Lee before he died. They say that they're going to make 50% of their stable either trans, gay, bisexual, lesbian, or they will make some more. So if you read the comic books, for example, they've got Thor, the Norse god of thunder, went through a sex change, and now he's a woman. What? Yeah. Uh, what they're showing kids, I was looking on some of the Cartoon Network stuff that they have set up for, you know, early teens and stuff like that. They've got the Justice League. They've got Superman, Batman, Aquaman, uh, Cyborg, some other characters in there, the Flash and all of this. So the boss is Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman has a, a, a an Amazon that's her chauffeur and bodyguard. And the Amazon's in love with her. She's a lesbian. So the lesbian is jealous of Superman's attentions to Wonder Woman. So the Amazon is trying to set up a lie to Clark, uh, to Clark Kent's girlfriend, uh, Lois Lane, so she will give a Superman some hassle so she can have uh, Wonder Woman all to herself. Wow. And that's being shown to kids. Well, and it started uh, about five years ago. I remember my son, he's he's now 15, and he's watching this, this cartoon, and he was explaining the premise of the cartoon, and it was like two gems make a rock, and two rocks. So I was like, son, two women can never make a man, can, can make anybody. Two And the two rocks can't reproduce and procreate and make anybody either. It would take a gem and a rock. That's natural to procreate. And, you know, he was young at the time, but I was, I told him, you can't watch this anymore. And my wife was like, are you looking at it too deep? I'm like, nah, because to me, that's fairyism. You're not going to teach my son about these low-key homosexual ideas. Okay, have you ever seen Doc McStuffins? No. It's the hot thing for a children's show. 
It's this young little black girl who wants to be a doctor. She's got a magic necklace that brings stuffed toys and uh, stuffed animals and toys to life, right? So she doctors on them, and her mother is a physician. Her brother is an idiot. Her father is the worst little flaming sissy who walks around in an apron, and his wife brags about how well he can cook, clean, and keep house. And she brings all her friend girls over so they can enjoy his cooking, and he stays at home so his wife can pursue her career as a doctor. They make him the worst little flaming, useless drone you can think of. And there are five women behind it. All of them are lesbian, and all of them are white. Writers, directors, and animation directors, and that's what they create. The sister that's the doctor got a big old butt like Mickey Minaj or Kim Kardashian. And the guy is just the worst little sissified thing you ever want to see. And the brother they make, the younger brother they make an idiot. And the little girl's cute, but they have the wrong message about manhood, which is no manhood, because they push this point that the men should stay at home because the women are better at professions and they need to let the women do it. Wow. Oh, you see that now a lot of a lot of time. And I was reading the um the the Black Lives Matter mission statement and now I'm like no one in there does it mention the man. Well, why would it mention the man? Never in history have a dyke like a man. So you're going to mention everybody and be for everybody else, but again, the man. So it it, it makes sense. A lot of this these connections make sense. Well, they did mention men in an indirect fashion. You remember that cisgender suppression of cisgender privilege? <laughs> <laughs> Cisgender is code for straight man. Right. And that next to the last paragraph about age should not be determined uh, determinative as to a person's ability to make decisions. That's lifted straight out of the Nambla playbook. Playbook. That's North American Man Boy Love Association. But we ragged them out so badly they took that off. They also still mentioned that if you contribute to them, your contribution is handled by Act Blue, which is a Democratic Party front organization. And if you give them uh-huh. anything, it's split between Act Blue and a percentage goes to them, and the other equal share goes to LGBTQIA, they call it. And they claim to be an associated affiliate affiliated associate of LGBTQIA+. And remember that thing, third from the bottom, and the thing they snatched? It said, we are a queer-affirming network, and we must deal with protection of our trans women and so on that are disproportionately the victims of violence and all that. They didn't even mention black men that are supposed to be the subject. Absolutely. It's bait and switch. And in that crazy fat one that runs around posing naked everywhere, greased down with gold uh, body grease or paint or whatever in the hell it is. Looks like a grotesque hippopotamus idol or something. 
It's now, crazy. It is. It is. Now, back when they passed the, um, the same-sex marriage and all that, the LBG 2-6 whatever and slash BLM is what actually funded that for that to be passed with the Democratic Party and all that good stuff. So they've been they've been moving. They just wasn't as popular or as they are now. Mm. They have so messed up the paradigm that is, you know, when you start thinking about things now and using modern colloquialisms, that's common saying, most of them are the product of dysfunction and the chains themselves carry over into some bad things, right? Man up and man training. Well, the gay folk took man training, and that's supposed to teach some male who wants to be sissified how to take it up the butt. They've corrupted that. They've corrupted all kinds of sayings and turned it around. Gender is no longer synonymous with sex. It's got to do with the expression of one's inner self. Oh, come on. And then one of the things I don't like is they let these little drag queen boys compete against girls and girls' sports just because they claim, and including full contact sports. What does that do about this thing, boys never hit girls? So they get to beat the crap out of a girl, break a jaw, break ribs and bones, and they're going to kill one of them. Probably would have this year had it not been for COVID-19 to cut that stuff out. And you're absolutely right, Judge. Um, they actually had a UFC fighter who converted from a from a from a boy to a girl, and actually cracked a, a woman fighter's skull. Because, uh, and we all know physics. My bone is much different than the bones of my wife. The density is much different. I'm built different. Just because I start hormones, hormones just change the appearance. That doesn't do anything for the inside. And it still should be unacceptable. And But that's one of the things that this new candidate is talking about, this Equality Act, where children can compete with what they identify with. My son should not have to go and entertain anybody's imagination. Just because you identify with something that's in your head, that's your imagination. I should not be subjected to that. Did you see Holly Berry talk about how proud she was that her six-year-old son can't walk in her high heels better than any six-year-old girl she knows? Oh, no. Or Wade sissifying himself wearing a kilt so he can look like a dress to deal with that little queered out 11 or 12-year-old son he's got that his lesbian wife jacked up, allegedly lesbian wife jacked up. That ain't even right. Not right at all. That's like Charlie and David, isn't it? Boys need to be told. Boy, put that down. You're not a girl. You don't wear lipstick. Boy, no, put that down. You don't pick up your mama's panties or her house or her shoes. You don't do that. Oh, it's so cute. He wants to be. And then somebody I'd like to be put under a jail for felony child abuse. Is Charlie's Tehran adopting those two African boys and turning them into girls? Oh, 
Why'd you no. do it, you slut? Oh, when my son was three years old, he said he wanted to be a girl. Oh, God damn. Three? Wow. Yeah, three. Or no, Biden, no, says, Biden says at eight years old, he should be able to determine if he wants to be a trans. The boy don't even know what it is to get a good heart on, let alone what pussy's for. How in the hell are you going to want to know what he wants to be? Now, Judge, now, from a legal perspective, that's got is. There is nothing that protects the children in in these regards. Like, you can't even you can't even make up your mind of what you want to eat consistently. How you want to oh, know what? what right. Brother, but it's it has okay gotten to... sickening, and that's what we are faced with. And political science-wise, when I studied that, we said we studied one political tactic. What you do is when one party takes you for granted, even if you don't like the other party, you vote for them just to punish the one that took you for granted. What is it? You don't right. miss your water till your well runs dry. So we got some fools as his top priority is not black folk he needs to get in office, but LGBTQ. Now, and then Trump's the racist. God damn, what do you care? He's done more for us than any president since LBJ. What's the matter with you? And you're basing that on what CNN, Sisters uh, Junction has come up with. You know, CNN is a weak tea flavored with lots of squeezed lemon. And Anderson Cooper stuck his juicy buddy in it to sweeten it up. <laughs> now, I, I, I know. I believe that, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And I know how that that Trump's position, he may not like black folks. I don't care. He's a black, white supremacist. I'm a black supremacist. But when it comes to you not liking, you know, the, the LBGT67 whatever community, I'm with you because you don't like them either. I don't like them either. Well, wait a minute. You know what I mean? So we have something in common. Tell you about him not liking us. I know two young people that got sent to school because they were supposedly taking out an ex officio student loan from Trump. He didn't make them pay it back. He just said, what kind of grades you get? When they got B-plus averages and got in grad school, not only did he waive the repayment, he financed their graduate degrees. These young black folks. There are three mm. black businessmen that were clients of mine back in the 80s, and they were having a hard time getting financed. So you know who they got it from? Trump. You know what each of them told me independently? And I couldn't discuss it with, you know, what the other one told me because of attorney-client. Each of them said they had a peculiar provision that they had to replay Trump, Trump the term loan with the interest, in person. Said he talked to him for 30 minutes, asked him how the business was done, asked him pointed questions, and then he had the contract on his desk that he'd had his secretary pull, looked at it, and said, you got my check? Said, yeah, is this what I'm supposed to do? You know what he did? He tore up the contract and tore up the check. Say, thank you, you owe me nothing. What's your success? Now, that's mm. just three dudes in Memphis. I don't know what he's been doing around the country, but I know he provided Jesse Jackson 
three campaign headquarters for his three runs for president around the country, and he raised most of his money. And on his own executive order, he sent over more money to HBUs than any president since Lyndon Baines Johnson. And he did more for the veterans than any of them. Damn sure did. And that asshole Obama thing, when they got that Obamacare in, my insurance bill went up 37% in one month. And by the way, he didn't come up with it. Senior Republican senator from the state of Tennessee, Dr. Bill Frist, when he was... Republican Senate Majority Leader drafted it in 2003. Frist family founded Blue Cross, Blue Shield, and Medco, and all of those HMOs, so they're making a fortune now because the whole damn thing of uh, Americans' uh, affordable care for Americans, that damn thing is a sop to the insurance company and doesn't do shit for the ordinary person except channel money back to the insurance companies, most of which Frist family controls. Hmm. And then they called it Obamacare. That, by the way, is what happened, remember, two, a year and a half ago when the Republicans said they were going to repeal it, and they got those closeted meetings. They wouldn't let the Democrats come in and then came out and do nothing, did nothing. Remember that? Well... My sources say what happened is it got back that Jesus time. And why didn't nobody tell me this one of our folks came up with this shit? Goddamn, boy, they've been giving me lots of money for my campaign. We can't hack this. These folks make a lot of money off of this. There's our people. Hmm. Now, they don't like Trump either. But I like Trump kicking the ass. And by the way, you know Trump was engaged to a black woman, don't you? No, I didn't. Ooh, doctor, she fine too. That oh, was yeah? the one right before Melania. She was—he was engaged to her for two years. She said no hard feelings, but he's not a racist. He just don't like too many people unless you're doing something. He, she says you don't have to make a lot of money. You just have to be good at what you're doing for him to respect you. I, through my ex-wife, met his. Uh, First or second, right, Ivana Trump, the mother of Ivanka, because my wife was a ski instructor, black woman, but she was a ski instructor up at Aspen, and she could ski her ass off. So her ski coach instructor was a guy that was on the Bulgarian World Cup, Cup team, and he coached Ivana Trump. So we all met her, and she said Trump was okay. No hard feelings. They just broke up. But he was engaged to a black woman for several years. He took her everywhere, red carpets, you name it. And hmm. she was ooh-wee fine. You notice he doesn't like a typical American white woman. Uh, I, I noticed that. I, I noticed yeah. that. He... Well, that's period, not only as in a relationship, but... In any regard, he really don't favor the white American woman. No. See, Trump's thing is he's been the man behind the throne pulling the puppet strings. 
these guys don't like him because he's not financing them anywhere, and they resent the fact that the real power took the throne. And a lot of what you hear negative about him is from Wheat Tea, CNN with Lemon and uh, Cooper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you how low down Anderson Cooper is. Trayvon Martin. I interviewed his mother several times on the radio, and I sat next to her at a function. She was troubled, and she told me that Anderson Cooper had asked her not to reveal that at the time Trayvon died, his grandfather, at the time he died, was a lieutenant detective on the Miami Police Department. And that Trayvon wanted to follow in his grandfather's and father's footsteps. And she said, what's that? I said, that's true. Yeah. And see, Anderson Cooper wanted it portrayed for ratings purposes as, is this a thug versus some Jewish guy? you know, down in the hood, not some kid whose ambition was to become a police detective. Mm-hmm. See how that plays out for ratings? Low down, no good, lying scoundrel trying to manipulate what you hear. Now, I know Trayvon Martin. I've met him when he was much younger. His His mother and father both were part of our organization. So I've I know them well, and I would trust both of them. So I, I know it, the, the type of kid that that he really was, not what they were trying to portray on the posters and pictures and even on the the mugshot they would have on television or mugshot-looking picture. See what I'm talking about, how they manipulate the news, and you can't believe a damn thing they say. And often yeah. enough, I had cases or I was somewhere and I was an eyewitness and what I saw had nothing to do with what they were reporting on the news. Well, especially if it's going to put a black man in a positive light. Nowhere on the news do you see them put a black man in a positive light. No, because the gay community hates black, straight black men. They, we scare them. See, white a lot of white men will tolerate drag queens, you know, but black people don't. By the way, I had quite a number of murders that went to trial in front of me where some tranny got his ass blown away, and the defendants relied on the defense of temporary insanity in the jury's body. That's, that's, that, quali- that's, that qualifies, right? I mean, if anything, yep. it's, it's at least fraud, because... I didn't know you can't make me gay. That's right. You can't. It's Like, why did the, and you know, they all testified. I didn't understand. Why would he pick me out as being somebody likely to go along with that homosexual thing? That was just so insulting. All of a sudden, I just saw red, and I don't remember anything after that. <laughs> but, Judge, I believe... And, and this is just my ignorance, you know, sheer ignorance. It's all—it's just like you trying to pass off, a, well, not you per se, but someone trying to pass off as an opposite sex. It's just like somebody passing off a bad check. You know what I mean? Isn't that fraud? Uh, uh, yep, fraud. And you've got millions of years, billions of years of evolutionary history trying to make you what you are 
so the boys and the girls can ID each other and be attracted to each other and you trying to pervert it because you got something wrong with you. And that's supposed to be all right. No, it's not. Act at your peril. Sex drive is one of the strongest drives any animal, including humans, is subjected to. What's the game for you coming to try to play on my team? You got everybody, everything over there on with y'all. Why do y'all come over to the to the hetero side? Like that's mind boggling. That's that you you taking those chances. You know it's not safe because of people who see red when something like that happens. What do you know that we don't know? As far as is it, is it some type of law that's protecting you? Is it, what is it? There's no law that protects them. You just aren't supposed to kill anybody. But, you know, like even the degrees of homicide, second-degree murder is classically defined as a homicide in the heat of passion induced by provocation sufficient to cause the defendant to act in an irrational fashion. Manslaughter is a homicide committed in the heat of passion caused by a provocation sufficient to cause an ordinary and reasonable person to act in an irrational fashion. That's human nature. I see a lot of stuff they don't carry in the paper. I remember one murder trial I had in front of me. The papers were hollering for blood. The families were hollering for blood. We'd gone all through the trial, and when we got to the deliberation, the jury had a question. I brought everybody in. The family was lusting in for blood. They knew they were going to hear about this. The press was leaning forward. You know what the jury question was? Quote, Your Honor, if we feel the victim deserved killing, do we have to convict the defendant? Wow. Press wasn't and let me guess. In in the initial instructions you can't put that out there. Hmm? I say in the initial instructions you can't give make that an option. No, I just said, ladies and gentlemen, the court directs you to refer to the written instructions and jackets on and so forth. Please retire and recommence your deliberations as truth and justice dictate. So they they refused to return a verdict on manslaughter, and they found him not guilty of the murder one, murder two. So they let him cop out the three years on manslaughter. So what can we do as heterosexual black men to protect ourselves in those situations? Other than, you know, not get in them, of course. That's the ultimate way. But I would say if you want to be totally law-abiding, charge the person with assault. Charge them with felony fraud. Charge them with extortion. You always say they will threaten to blackmail you. If they try to hit you up for money, a lot of them do. That becomes criminal. Do what you got to do. 
and we can start off making the environment safer by turning the goddamn Democratic Party out of every damn office we can turn them out of. I'm in Memphis, Tennessee, which is the largest majority blacks, uh, predominantly black city in America, right? White mm-hmm. folk in the city of Memphis are, get this, only 19.1% of the registered voters. In the county, they're only 28.2% of the registered voters. Yet they have all of the uh, important political offices except county mayor, who is a black gay dude. Allegedly. And they control everything. They've got some corrupted voting machines that the Justice Department has said have been corrupted for 12 years and have put up the money to replace them. There are 12 county commissioners, seven of them are Democrats, and five of them are black Democrats. And every damn time, what happens is at least three black people vote against replacing the machines. They're corrupted. They did something that looked slick. They wanted to take down Nathan Bedford Forrest statue and Jeff Davis statue. So... One of the county commissioners who is a lawyer and he has no excuse, he and another county commissioner who is a young lesbian who got in the mayor's race to divide the vote so the white guy can stay in the city uh, position again. And they hooked it up so without a bid, they bought, bought a park where Forest was located for $2,500. And they bought another public park for $2,500 where Davis's statue was uh, exhibited. Well, they got rid of the statues. The fat lesbian's uh, older brother is storing it in a $96 a month storage facility, getting paid $5,000 a month by the county to store the statues. And the guy that was on the county commission that set it up so he could be bought without any bid bought both lots for a total of $5,000 and he's negotiating to sell the $5,000 worth of lots for 27 some million dollars. Hmm. Wow. See, these folk are so corrupt. They, they, and all of them are Democrats. And I don't like Republicans. But as I said, one of the political tactics is turn the other party out. Do not vote for them. Let them feel what it's like to have their well run dry so they don't have their water. And then what you do is you take your votes and buy your way into the other party or an independent party. But, like, when I went to vote today early, you know, they had 14 people on the ballot for president. Well, no. He even had Kanye West at the very bottom. Hmm. Kanye West. Wow. Anyway, actually what the ballot said is your vote for electors pledged to one of the following candidates. Or No, it didn't even say pledged. It says your uh, guidance to the electors as to their selection. So you're voting for electors. You know why they have an electoral college? If they didn't have one, 
it would be California, New York, Illinois, and Texas would decide every election, and everybody else might as well stay home. Right, because they're the largest. Yeah, so that's why you don't have a popular election. Another thing is, is about 50-50. Half the presidents got the popular vote, half of them didn't. And one of the things that's in place right now is California stays open until 9 o'clock, and everybody else is closing up at 7 or 8. So on the East Coast, there's still three more hours of polls open where people can sit at home and listen to what's going on. So if you see that your candidate's getting the electoral college, you don't even bother to be in a long line in California because it's not going to make any difference and your guy's already won, so you didn't contribute to the popular vote. So he wins the electoral college, but not the popular vote. See, the other thing is it's just like Congress. You have two senators, but then you have congressmen based on population. See, our Congress, well, not Congress, House of Representatives comes from the Roman House of Pleas, where they had elections of commoners to fill them, and then you had the Senate, which was nobility. In America, the Senate was not elected. It was chosen by state. The senators were chosen by state legislators. So they were supposed to cool things down. They had six-year terms so they could be mellow and reflective, and the passion is reflected in the House of Representatives. Both the House and the Senate together constitute the Congress under the Constitution. And by the way, that's, that census is not for money. The census says, the Constitution says, every 10 years there shall be a census for purposes of determining the apportionment of congressmen in the House, well, representatives in the House of Representatives. At three-fifths of the human, it doesn't say anything like that. It says, for purposes of determining the apportionment of representation in the House of Representatives for those states that hold slaves, three-fifths of those held in involuntary servitude or slavery shall be counted toward determining representation for the state in question. That's why they don't want anybody to ask what the citizenship is of the person because let's say if you count the illegals that would cause California to get two or three extra congressmen but since the illegals couldn't vote for the congressman that would mean that the people that can vote would just get an extra three votes in the house which would give them more power now the republicans get it wrong when they say the Democrats want to register illegals. No, they don't want to register illegals. That's bogus. They just want the illegals counted so they can get extra representation that is not responsive to the people that are being counted because they can't vote. And by the way, this is my fifth census as an adult. And on every one of the previous ones, I was asked my citizenship. I have been asked, were my mother and father citizens? If so, so were they naturalized or were they natural? And see, uh, you remember Birthgate? What the press didn't tell you is there's a good reason for it. The Constitution defines citizenship, but when it talks about qualifications for president, it talks about another kind of citizenship. You are not eligible for uh, American president if you were not born on what they call American soil. That's one of the states, territories, protectorates 
uh, zones, military or naval bases, consulates or embassies or something like that. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, Cruz, the runner-up to Trump, was not eligible to be a U.S. president because he, like he bragged about, he was born in Canada. The Constitution strictly forbids that. He has to be born on American soil. So nobody picked that up in the press, and he was the second runner-up, first runner-up. He couldn't have even been president. <laughs> but the dumb bunny press didn't tell you that. And by the way, you right. constitute in its complete form in a textbook would be about five pages long. In a pamphlet, it's about nine or ten pages. And a good portion of that is no longer applicable because it was just instructions on how to set the government up. And it specifies that it will no longer be in full force and effect after 1808 or 1806. Okay. Stupid is, stupid does. The impeachment proceedings... I said, be careful what you ask for. You just might get it. And look what's coming out about the Bidens. If you turn around and bite you. Impeachment proceedings. The Constitution, Article 2, uh, excuse me, Section 4, Article 2, Section 4, says the president and vice president may be removed from office upon impeachment and conviction for three things. Bribery, reason, or high crimes and misdemeanors in office. The articles of impeachment said Trump abused his authority, which is not a crime. It's not illegal. That's what you keep somebody in office for or vote them out, but it's no crime. Certainly not a felony, which is a high crime. And the other article was obstruction of Congress which is not a crime, not a misdemeanor, it's not a felony, and every time a president vetoes something that the Congress comes up, I suppose he's obstructing Congress. And proved because he wasn't obstructing all of Congress because they made a classical dumb bunny mistake. They were calling each other congressmen, and they were too stupid to realize that under the Constitution, the House of Representatives and the Senate shall constitute the Congress. So if you're talking about obstructing Congress, you got to claim that he was obstructing the will of the Republican-dominated Senate, which he was not, so you fail on a right. In a lawsuit, mm. how do we move from uh, a directed verdict, uh, after all of the proof you can do there, Jan, or we move for a summary judgment on the pleading? What's a summary judgment? It means taking everything that is alleged into consideration, taking it as proven, it still doesn't constitute a violation or anything that's wrong or anything that's actionable, so you dismiss it. So when they spend all that grandstand time and waste of the taxpayers' money and resources going through that charade and it got to the Senate, they properly just kicked it because it didn't even state a basis for impeachment. It was embarrassing and stupid. 
so everything mm. now that should be criminal too because they wasted a lot of our resources as taxpayers on this knowing they didn't have essential leg to stand on. I know they did, and you know what that is not criminal, but it's called turn the bastards out. Now, Hold I was around when Harry Truman was president. I wasn't very old, but I was around, and Harry Truman made the papers. You know what for? His daughter was a singer and a critic, bad-mouthed his daughter. Truman called him up on the phone, had his Secret Service take it over to the man's office building. The man was hiding in his office, and Truman was trying to kick the door down to whip his ass. <laughs> Can you see that in the day's world? No, these uh, these folks too scary. We live in a society society. No. Or how about when it was man oriented? Uh, you know, Marilyn sang happy birthday to John F. Kennedy, but a couple of very reliable mm-hmm. witnesses I talked to who were on the presidential White House protection detail, White House presidential protection detail, they told me that what happened is Marilyn stripped stark naked. In front the of the on. White House press corps, walked around, sat in some reporter's lap, let them suck on our titty nipples, got John F. Kennedy up, set him in a straight back chair after pulling his pants down, gave him a head job, and swallowed in front of the whole press corps. Damn, they man. That would go today. Oh no, we it's, oh no no, it, it, it nothing nothing going to pass heterosexually. Everybody, me too, going to be offended because you know that's what you know. I started about ugly folk, and everybody will be offended. And it's only thing will go good or pass is if it's homosexual like. If it's a heterosexual like, nah, it's not gonna pass. What's that boy down in Florida that got caught? With all of the wasted gay prostitutes down there having a party to unwind. Now, I don't know anything about this party. Hmm? I don't know about this party. No, what, what's this boy's name? Uh, he was the mayor down there in one of the towns in uh, Florida. Let me see if I remember his name. Man, that's wow. How recent was this? Just a few months ago. Remember, he got caught. You know, Obama spoke up for him. Obama had been endorsing him. You know, one of Obama's buddies. Gilliam? Gilliam, that's him. Yeah, Andrew Gilliam. So he had a he had a a a, a party for the no one of the, the and one of the drunk prostitutes, male prostitutes, had a little drug over deep overdose problem. So they had to call all the emergency vehicles. So when they got there, Gilliam was in his underwear with all of these gay prostitutes around the place. In the world, 
and they got the nerve to put him back out there for something. Give him a TV show. Wow. They have no respect. And I believe that that's the greatest, the greatest issue that we have as heterosexuals is the lack of respect that it seems like they offer. The media has no respect. And see, they've got people that push them like our last president, Barry Sotoro, Barack Obama, and they act with impunity. By the way, to understand Barack Obama, the question has to be asked. You may know the answer. Who is the richest man to ever be U.S. president? Was you have an it, idea? Wasn't it Eisenhower? No, he was Army officer all his life. It was Barack it was, Obama. Barack. Huh. Yeah, Business Insider, which is very friendly to him, reported it for 2018. He got his first draw from his family trust fund. After all taxes oh. and expenses, his net for the year was $570 million on a draw of not quite one and a quarter billion. See, his adoptive stepfather, uh, Lolo Sotoro was one of the 10 or 15 richest men on earth when he died. He ran the oil business in Indonesia. Indonesia right now has a population of 240 million. That makes it one of the largest countries in the world. At the time, Barry, our president, got adopted. 1962-ish, Indonesia was listed by our State Department as a communist country. Lolo Sotoro, we studied him back in the late 60s on com- under comparative law. He was wanted by the Hague for crimes against humanity, allegedly having been responsible for the murder of between half million and three quarters of a million people in Indonesia. He ran their death squads. He was the Indonesian equivalent of Heinrich Himmler. The difference is, is Indonesia had more people than Nazi Germany did. So that's Hmm. our president's father. Uh, Well, he raised him. And he got away with it because he, under contract with the federal, with the CIA, ran the American Intelligence Network through his privately contracted operatives in China, North and South uh, Korea, North Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, and Thailand. So uh, he's been in the family business. You see this stuff where George W. Bush feeds Michelle candy at a funeral and she giggles? Mm. 
The inside on that is it's the same cam that he used to feed her husband when he was five and six years old because the Bushes and Sotoros have been lifetime friends. Now, interesting thing. They did it on a lark at CNN for what is worth reported the results. All of these people are cousins. George mm-hmm. W. Bush and his father, Herbert Walker Bush, they're cousins with Barack Obama through his mother. Dick mm-hmm. Cheney is one of the joint cousins. Warren Buffett, the billionaire, is one of the cousins. And also you have Brad Pitt, the actor. And now, Elizabeth, the person who is the ancestor is an interesting guy, man. He's been dead a while. But his name is Samuel Hinckley. He can claim seven U.S. presidents, one vice president, multiple billionaires, many, many multiple millionaires as his direct descendants. And he was a Huguenot, that's a Protestant in France. He fled France because they had the Hundred Years' War of religion there. So he indentured himself and became a an indentured servant for a term in the Americas to get over here. But he had seven presidents, one vice president, bunch of actors, bunch of billionaires, bunch of millionaires is his direct descendant. His name is Samuel Hinckley. That ain't a bad record. No, it isn't. The Obama tang is one of his descendants. By the way, I hate fake Negroes. Back in the 60s when we did BSUs and we broke jaws, bones, and stuff like that, burnt stuff up, blew stuff up, we weren't being peaceful to get what we wanted. Many a professor took an emergency sabbatical leave in the middle of the semester. Well, we had some Negroes who would say something like, Brother, it's not that I don't appreciate everything you guys have done getting me in school, but I can't afford to jeopardize my career, so you'll have to go on without me. But I'll be there with you in spirit. Drag that Negro. And I remember one in question. He had on some gray slacks. And he got so scared, he pissed on himself. Big, dark stains down his left pant leg and a puddle of piss by his left shoe. The brothers that were holding on to him let him go, and he fell into a puddle of his own piss. And as soon as he recovered, he took off on a dead run. But for years, he pimped off of being in the BSU and became advisor to two presidents on militant black affairs. He was a handkerchief-head coward. And mm. a number of people I know died because of punk-ass folk like that. So when I saw Barack Obama, I said, that's one of those punk-asses. He's fronting. We used to call it mm. pimping the revolution or hustling the movement or pump pimping the movement. Talk black, didn't do a damn thing except turn out and try to exploit it for your own selfish usage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm disappointed in LeBron. He said, black men are scared. But I remember the real GOAT, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was a classmate of mine. Uh, Understand, we didn't have but 
72 full-time black students and 73, well, undergrads and 73 full-time grad students at UCLA when I got in as a freshman out of 62,000-plus full-time students. So even though he would have jeopardized, certainly jeopardized a lucrative NBA career, whenever we needed him, Mr. Brother, we got to make a move. Let's go, man. He was right there with us, but he wasn't scared. And in those days, LAPD would show no shoot your ass. It's like getting stopped by LAPD was like, you will produce your papers, yeah? Well, what papers are you talking about? Fritz, he does not have paper. Captain Hummel, Carl, no papers? Hey, man, I'll find something. You mean like a license? Ah, he has his papers. Wunderbar. Hmm, it's not good, yeah? Ah, who are you running from? Hey, man, like, man, slack up, man. I ain't done nothing. It's like getting stopped by the Gestapo, man. And they had all these motorcycle cops, and they weren't like motorcycle cops. Most places, they wore these dark riding breeches, you know, riding Boots up to their knees, spit shine. They look like something straight out of German war movie. You will come here, yeah? Man, what is this dude talking about, man? Cold blooded. Mm-hmm. You want to see what no. it's like? I keep telling people watch Lovecraft Country. That is a very realistic portrayal of what it was like in the 60s, dealing with police, even in the north or worse, somewhere in the uh, west coast, like in Chicago, or even worse, down south. Uh, You didn't travel black in broad daylight because you would get the best would happen to you is get badly insulted. So they had a guide, it was called the Green Book, that Sinclair Oil put out, started by some black postman, and he wasn't some gay somebody like they tried to make him in the movie. But he had a bunch of people helping him, and it was the names and addresses and phone numbers for black establishments, motels, restaurants, uh, private folk where you could board at their house if you were traveling. And how mm-hmm. much a basket of fried chicken or something cost. And you traveled at night so you did not get jacked up. If you couldn't find a colored motel, a hotel, then what happened is you asked some of the field hands, hey, man, uh, where is it safe to stay? Hey, come down that way over there. You hit this creek, but you can drive on over the creek. But, you know, there's some woods off in there. Two creeks come together, you hide out there. But be careful coming back out when it gets dark and you where she like to run into some young white boy out fishing or something. And you didn't travel. Thing about sundown towns and sundown counties, that was real. If you got caught in them or around them after dark, they jacking you up, killing you. So you had to be aware of them and skirt them at night. And you see, there weren't any interstate highways. They were two lanes undivided, one lane each direction, going down through some unlit trees and stuff in the forest, the woods. I know one time, twice occasion, two occasions, they shot at my old man's car 
and he had to get bullet holes patched. We were down there visiting relatives. I know one time they took a shot at him, and we were moving past them, and it missed him, and it went through the left passenger door. Bullet went right across my lap and went straight out the other side. It was Hmm. cold traveling then. And that segregation thing, segregation and integration, desegregation and integration are two different things. Integration is a matter of choice. Segregation, nigger, you better not even look cross-eyed at that wide-only bathroom over there, boy. Some bad things going to happen to you if you set foot too close to that. You hear what I'm saying? Now get your ass over here right now and go to that goddamn colored bathroom. You hear me, boy? That's the way it was. So when all of the ignorant folk is about segregating the worst thing, desegregating the worst thing happened to black folk, no, it wasn't. Maybe integration was, but that was voluntary. Like, for example, 1966, the University of Illinois still had official segregation on its Chicago campus. Black folk weren't allowed to go into the student store, but on certain selected hours. They couldn't stay in certain housing. They couldn't use certain libraries, and they couldn't use certain cafeterias. Ain't that foul. 1966. So as an act of solidarity, UCLA had formed a new BSU. Me and four other brothers went up there. Uh, Bernie Sanders, they were bailing him out of jail because he uh, ran a core chapter, Congress of Racial Equality, up there, and they'd locked him up. And Hillary Rodman, a.k.a. Hillary Rodman Clinton, there with her big, thick glasses self in her little cheerleading costume for Barry Goldwater. She was a Goldwater girl in high school. He was the most racist bastard to run for president in a long time. And she was out there carrying a damn picket sign talking about keep the campus segregated. That's your little Hillary. Did I just love me from here to stuff? She'd be nice of color. She all know, honey. I so love me from Hillary Clinton. And she was chairman of her young Republican chapter at Wesley All-Girls School. It was alleged back then that she had come out the closet, but apparently they put her back in, and then she switched over to Democrat when Bill got to stroking her. And then the word, since I live right next hop, step, and the jump from Arkansas, uh, you notice Hillary didn't get too mad about Bill running around. You notice that. You know why? Mm -hmm. Cause she had her she thing on the side pussy. too. No, she was getting more pussy than he was. <laughs> That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be candid about it. Allegedly. Allegedly. So, yeah, I'll keep that in for you know legal purposes. But anyway, see, there's all kinds of game in this thing that people don't have a clue about. Now, Judge, now, I I did read somewhere that um, the Queen is actually related to Barack and the Bushes and all that somewhere down the line also. Uh, Queen Elizabeth? Or... Well, let me tell you something that's interesting. Remember King, King George the King when the American colonies 
had the revolution. The treasury, English treasury, was broke. King George needed some money. You know where he got it? From a remote cousin who was a duke. You know who the duke's wife was? Uh, She was from Nairobi. Mm. And she was an African. And the duke's child wound up being Queen of England, the King George. Mm. So Megan ain't the first somebody in the royal house uh, in okay. modern time. Wow. And then and she got you? the sapphire up there in succession for the son, in succession for the kingship. They have all of that, and she wants to bail on the royal house so she can do her thing. What in the hell is wrong with your ass? <laughs> Sapphire. Everybody shit. can take the pressure. You know who Sapphire was, don't you? That was no. the wife of one of the characters in Amos and Andy, and she just nagged that man, got all on his case. Howling about he no good this, he no good that, and she was going to tear his ass down to size. Hence, the derogatory term back in the 60s, she ain't nothing but a sapphire, man. Oh, wow. Wow. She she had a good run, and she messed it up, huh? Uh Uh-huh. But... What could she actually, what did she gain from what? Independence? Like, what did she really gain from removing herself from that, the royal situation? And being contrary. Yeah, uh, okay. Well, she let the news, she let the news get in her head. She let the media get in her mind. That's all. Paperwork type things. What is it? About ten thirty now. Oh, here it's eleven twenty-three here. Yeah. Well, let me get off. Let you get your stuff together, man. And well, I know you already got your stuff together, but let me let you go, man. I gotta head on to dealing with some issues. Well, thank so, you, Judge, for calling. And feel free to call anytime, and we will be in touch. All right, sir. You have a good one. Thank you. You too. All right. Now, information overload. Information overload. Miss Quick. Yeah. Is your heart and mind clear? Any questions? No. Yes. Well, My heart and mind is clear. Thank you. We will conclude for tonight. That will end tonight's episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit with our guest, Judge Joe Brown, the 
Judge Joe Brown. Thank everybody for calling and listening. Feel free to call back next Tuesday at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And we will see you then. Until then, take care of yourself. Love God. Love one another. Wash your hands. Be safe. Peace. But I know